the mute button is red and the, the, the pin call <laughs> button is red. And I was like, oh, red. Uh, I was like looking at the three buttons. It's like, uh, uh, the red one clearly is mute. And then, Sweet. All right. Well, let's get the theme going because it's a little awkward for us being live without the theme going. So, <laughs> all right. Good morning. Sunday morning. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. <laughs> and this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live show that we have every single week, uh, bringing you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world today, and sometimes even our technical difficulties. <laughs> um, it's funny, because uh, what happened was, we mute all of our stuff right before we go live, and so we... I did the whole, like, all right, let's mute. I hit the uh, go button, and Alan hit the hang-up button. <laughs> so everything... Um, Everything exploded, which is that's always fun and also yeah. super easy to do. Um, yeah, the buttons so. are right next to each other, which is, <laughs> makes things complicated. <laughs> so, a little bit of inside baseball for fun for everybody out there. But hey, no big deal. A um, lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, Alan, welcome back. You uh, you you took a break last week to go out and watch people get married. Um, I did. You didn't start any fights, so that's good. Um, Mostly because you were telling me about how delicious mint juleps were when you've been sitting in the sun all day. And uh, I just, yeah. I loved the idea of you just having way too many. And then all of a sudden you're like, let me tell you guys what's really going on. Um, <laughs> it didn't happen, though. So that's that's always great. Yeah. Um, but uh, you also, um, you had, once again, um, we should probably just have a segment that's called uh, Recently in Alan's Neighborhood. Uh, because not only have you had uh, you had the whole Chaz thing uh, happen not too far from where you're at, uh, but uh, additionally, there's been we've been talking about like the uh, random bum attacks on vehicles outside your work, and now uh, you had basically a complete and total fire. Yeah, so we we've, we've had over the last month or two three tents slash three two tents and an RV incinerate down to nothing all in a one block radius so yeah so just so that's weird yeah <laughs> it's it, it's funny because um like like i've brought up before is uh you know it's really common to talk when people talk about like san francisco because that's where nancy pelosi like she's a representative you know of that area they talk about los angeles because that's where hollywood and all the media sit um but the like homeless encampments and all of that crazy stuff is not reserved to just weird parts of California. It's expansive across the entire West coast. Like this is um, an epidemic uh, of, of liberal cities everywhere where they're just like, well, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do anything about the homeless problem. In fact, they have more rights than you. Pretty much. Um, (laughs) Because as far as I know, it's still illegal for you to cook heroin on, like, 
in your home, right? Still is. Yeah, but if you're in an RV or a tent, it's probably okay. Probably is still even illegal. Even if I, if I did it outside my apartment, it'd probably be wrong. Yeah. I would have to claim, like, no, I'm a mar- I'm part of a marginalized community, and, and now everything's okay. <laughs> what if you had, say, like, a smack tent? And that's where you went. Yeah. Would that make it okay? It would probably make it more okay, I'm okay. sure. And, and you have to leave the needle in the street. If they see you cleaning it up, then that's how they know that you're one of the ones that they need to arrest. Yeah. Like, like, hey, are you cleaning up after yourself? Uh, yeah, you're you're just some shitbag who... You're one of those shitbag taxpayers, huh? Yeah. You're not a hobo. You're just a regular drug addict. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, there was a study. I don't have it in front of me, but there was a study that I saw where it was it was being pushed around on Twitter. Uh, but it was one of those, like, uh, you know, how how many millions did we spend on a scientific study to tell people everything that, like, our grandfathers told us? Which is, no, the majority of homeless people are drug addicts. True. There was, like, this whole study that was done. And, like, oh, why is homelessness a problem? And they go, oh, yeah, most of them are drug addicts. And I remember. Yeah, it was the drugs. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, that was easy. <laughs> they gave up their house for the drugs. And it's funny because, well, you know, growing up, it was always like, don't say that. They're not drug addicts now. They are hurting people. How are you so callous? And they would, like, trot out the, like, 1% example of somebody who was, like, between homes. Yeah. You know, like, I had to live in my car for a few weeks or, you know, I mean, like, I'm I'm sure that, well, actually, I know for a fact uh, because there's some, there was an entire uh, long I guess we'll call it a blog post uh, that I read by a gentleman that was giving people um, advice on if you ever find yourself homeless, here are the best things to do. And it was because he was homeless for like a year, but he used it to like save up a bunch of money and ended up like getting a house and getting like a good job. And he like wrote an entire, uh, like basically an entire article about like, here's the tips and tricks of how I survived on the streets yeah that's a guy but the majority of the the people especially the ones that you visibly see drug addicts and alcoholics no absolutely yeah yeah so sorry that was a whole long to do and things but um weird weird stuff to talk about um i guess the best one we'll start with we'll start with i don't want to say smaller stuff because i don't want to like uh um, I want to give everything, you know, proper justice. But uh, Matt Gates, representative from Florida, has submitted a hard drive copy of Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record. So the way that he did this was he officially sent a letter to Jerry Nadler, the head of the House Judiciary Committee, containing the laptop that Hunter Biden left at a repair shop that contained all sorts of emails uh that look extremely corrupt i've heard i keep saying i've heard rumors because i can't well here's the problem when you have something that's being suppressed by the media i've heard rumors that there is that that there there there's child porn on there that's what i've heard too but difficult to confirm when everybody wants to lie about it You, you know what i mean like this is real quick not to get off topic too much but this is the actual like 
terrifying thing about how how information warfare works. And I think the Hunter Biden laptop story, which is, you know, it's still in the news, um, actually is a really great example of how crazy uh, information warfare can be. So you have all of this information that's come out. Uh, it's finally been validated, but let's, well, no, it, let me rephrase. It has not finally been validated. It's finally been acknowledged by liberals. Let's put it that way. Cause it, it was validated long before this. Um, and I played a bunch of clips last week on the show for like four minutes just to beat people over the head of everybody in the everybody in the mainstream media using the exact same words and verbiage of like, oh, it hasn't been investigated, it hasn't been validated, it hasn't been cooperated. Oh, you know, we don't know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. What happens when there is a large story? What happens when there's a hundred percent corruption and the entire media closes ranks and the only people that are talking about this are obscure relatively unknown blogs or relatively unknown, you know, small broadcasts and things like that. Yeah. This is part of the warfare is every time when you're on social media, you're talking to people, people are going, well, what's your source? What's your source? It's the source, bro. And you go, well, here's my source. It's very comprehensive. Here's like, I mean, I've, I've a hundred percent seen people share now, for us, you know, like what actually Colleen's bringing up, January 6th is another great example. You can literally share documentation from the Department of Justice, but if it's encapsulated in, say, a Breitbart article, everybody on the left just goes, oh, well, Breitbart, they just lie. They just lie about everything. Can't believe yeah. them. If it's not from the New York Times or Washington Post, it's not true. It's a right-wing conspiracy. And that's just such an insane, it's an insane situation to be in it really is i completely agree um but that's that's how they're going to do it and and the reason why i'm bringing that up is just it is getting it is going to get worse before it ever gets better because there is a concerted effort to expose a lot of this corruption i'm actually very um well i'll just flat out say it i'm very surprised i'm not surprised that matt gates did something I'm surprised that, like, the GOP didn't castigate him for it. Mm. Because for a while, the GOP goes through an identity crisis all the time, and it's really obnoxious. When Trump was first elected, we had uh, the House, we had the Senate, and things were stupid. Because Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House, he didn't know who he should believe, he was being influenced by never-Trumpers like uh, John McCain... And people like that. And so the Republican Congress kept Donald Trump at an arm's length for like the first two years of his presidency. You're right, they did. And it basically stalled a lot of Trump's agenda. Then once they realized that, oh, like, shock to everybody, guys, the Democrats and media lie all the time about everything. All of the sudden, Trump became like the entire GOP coalesced behind Trump two years too freaking late. Right <clears throat> now, yeah. after what happened, we saw the same thing occur after the election. There were a lot of really sketchy things that people saw in the election. Typically in healthy first world countries, elections aren't declared in the middle of the night by the media. Typically in first world countries, um, elections don't require 
millions of dollars from outside entities like Facebook to have people just vote in a free country. You know, like there's exactly typically you don't have people blocking windows where the people can't see what's going on inside their polling places. You know, there were a ton of questions that we had, obviously. Right. The GOP didn't know what to do. They had another identity crisis. Uh, They're they're like they're like a like a teenage girl who just doesn't know whether she's goth or punk or, you know, whatever. They had like another identity crisis. And they didn't know what to do. And they were like, oh, well, let's not get behind this crazy election talk. Um, you know, MSNBC might call us crazy. Um, so point is, is that I saw them be really squishy. Well, here we are now. Um, and it looks like the GOP, for the most part, um, has stopped uh, worrying about whether or not Marjorie Taylor Greene is actually, you know, a representative in Congress, by the way, who got something like 75% of the vote in her district. Mm-hmm. I just want people to know that the amount of hate you see given towards a representative in Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and all of the screeching and screaming is very fake because she got 75% of her district. She was wildly popular in Georgia's 15th district. She continues to be wildly popular in Georgia's 15th district. I am telling you the reason why you see all the hate going towards that woman has nothing to do with who she is. Well, it has nothing to do with what she says or what people claim they think she believes. It is because she is so exceedingly popular in her district that the Democrats see her as a huge threat because they're like, there's this little blonde woman who is extremely fiery. Honestly, the reason why they hate people like why they hate her and I'll throw Lauren Boebert in there as well is because women like them will appear to will appeal to suburban women, which is the last bastion of Democrats. Mm, very good point. They're losing everybody. But like you tell me what suburban woman, what suburban woman wants to let's be honest, what suburban woman wants to hang out with AOC more than Marjorie Taylor Greene? Mm. Like Marjorie, I think they would have to convince themselves of, of that fact. I don't know. What, to hang out with AOC? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they come off more real. AOC looks like something that was made in a lab. You know, she, she looks was. like, yeah, she was, right? She, she was created in a lab, and then, you know, she sits out there in New York, and she's like, well, you guys don't understand. Let's just talk a little bit about this economic theory. and blah. You have some of these Republican women... They're going to come out and just they sound like regular people, because let's be honest, the GOP has a lot of regular people in it. The Democrat Party, not so much. It's a lot of coastal elites. Yeah, so absolutely. Anyway, speaking of coastal elites, um, what an amazing what an amazing situation. So over the years of doing this program, Alan, you and I have talked about a lot of. A lot of a, a lot of different media narratives that we've seen, and one of I think the most popular going into the election was we talked about the weird obsession that the left had with QAnon, right? And de- and demonizing it and treating it, making basically making a mountain out of a molehill about this QAnon thing that I feel a lot of people on the right were somewhat disconnected from. Yeah, like nobody. 
still, one of the big things we talked about heading into the lecture was like, nobody could ever really truly define it. I had talked to QAnon people. Um, they all seemed perfectly fine. Like people that were 100% like on it. Um, none of them ever communicated to me, even when I was being objective, let me phrase it that way. Even when I was trying to be as objective as possible, what those people talked about and what the media said that QAnon is obsessed with and what people on social media said that QAnon is obsessed with were so vastly different. Um, that, that, that was the big thing is I'm like, you cannot pin down a belief structure of this group of people. They all have different things that they talk about, but it all would coalesce around the elites are lying to everybody. It's the extent of that lie that changes depending on, you know, which aspect of this conspiracy, we'll call it, um, you were looking at. The reason right. why I bring it up, QAnon's coming back into the news for no reason, no legitimate reason. As far as I know, there's been no spike in anything QAnon related. In fact, let's be honest, Alan, would you, would you say that it's basically died? I mean, almost. So why am I seeing mainstream media articles bringing up QAnon again? Take take a guess, Alan, because I didn't prep you for this at all. So just take uh, a guess why you think hmm. it might be coming back into the mainstream media. Why are they starting to kind of talk about it? Well, if one thing I remember a lot about QAnon, that I believe and you discussed this with me once, was that the vast majority of I guess support for the for QAnon came from people that got hooked on it via the child exploitation element of QAnon. The big thing that the sort of QAnon Facebook pages and I guess belief structure, if you want to call it that, seemed to resonate was uh, child trafficking. Yes, and now, that was mm -hmm. that was a big deal to them. And you mentioned that a lot of people that got interested in QAnon probably did so from the child sex trafficking angle and not so much the, you know, Democrats are part of the new world order trying to enslave mankind angle. I think because of all of the nonsense with Disney and supporting uh, transgender transitioning of children and teaching gay sex in schools, I think a lot of people are looking at it and going, wow, the QAnon people seem like they were right. <laughs> Seems like they were kind of on the money when they said there's this group of high-profile pedophile elites running the country. So I think um, a big reason why we're starting to see it is they, they the mainstream media and the Democrats – want to paint anybody who is standing like let me uh let me phrase it this way the the democrats for whatever reason have chosen to die on the hill that parents don't have a say in children's education it is the strangest uh political suicide in slow motion that i have ever seen I yeah. I honestly there's there is something that threatens the progressive agenda. Like if if somebody asked me today to say what is the progressive's number one weapon in attempting to um have full control and total power in society, I'm going to say that it it is absolutely 
uh, the education sector. Because and that much is being shown now. This isn't now. Obviously, I always knew that education was part of how they were attempting to, you know, remold society. And it makes perfect sense that this has been this is not a new talking point. It's been a regular talking point in conservatives for a very long time. But the uh, way that they are reacting to the pushback from regular... Now, this isn't a conservative pushback. I need people to understand this. This was not... The Republican Party did not create any of this. And that's important to say. Because, one, I want people to understand the origins of what truly happened. And, two, I want people to understand where there were fail points in the GOP. This was not... Sure. This was something that the GOP could have harnessed on years ago and communicated exceedingly well we've been talking about what's wrong in education a lot of large podcasts have been talking about it i mean the 2016 election one of the biggest memes one of the most popular things that was out there was stephen crowder um and uh christina hoff summers giving a speech at a uh at, at a college and some just gargantuan job of the hut woman with her bat flappy fat arms screaming about um, how they're hate speech and they called right, her triggly puff. Right. right. So uh, yes, education has just been this. It's been a talking point that has been being beaten on for a long time. But what happened was liberal educators and the teachers unions screwed up so bad during COVID that regular everyday people like flipped the table, said, I've had enough of this, started going to school board meetings, started confronting these liberal educators, and they they started hearing school boards say, shut up, you don't have a say in what we do with your kids. And everybody went, wait, what? And that's when the GOP grabbed onto it. And good for them, but a little bit late to the party. Sure. You know, but at the same time, I'm actually happier it happened this way because I don't want to know how the GOP would have screwed it up and how it would have gone through the Koch brothers and the Heritage Foundation and Cato Institute and turned into something dumb, lame that gets us nothing. Um, right. <laughs> but the regular what happened was regular parents ha happened. They were in, incensed by what they were seeing. And then they were slapped in the face by school boards that said, uh, I'm sorry, where did you start thinking that you had a say in what we tell your kids? And everyone went, uh is what so anyway um that's how a lot of this occurred but it is so weird because we saw when this started how popular it got how many not republicans not politically engaged people even some democrats went uh i'm not okay with teachers telling me i i don't have a say in my child's education just to give yeah. you a, a real quick statistic from the floridian 52% of Democrats support Ron DeSantis's parental rights and education bill, which is what the media lies about and calls the don't say gay bill. 52% of Democrats. Yeah. People who voted for Joe Biden. People who didn't vote for Ron DeSantis and are, let's be honest, psychologically primed to just hate something because a Republican wrote it. Yeah. Still 52% really of them. Which means that I would say that there's an entire other half of the, the almost other half of Democrats don't even know what's in the bill. And I think that's entirely the intent. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why they I lie think about the it. The plan is we're gonna say it's call it the don't say gay bill and all this other stuff, and then people will just kind of accept that because and they won't actually look into it. They'll they'll be so outraged and it'll confirm all of their bias. Like, well, of course it's the don't say gay bill, because we all know that Republicans hate the gays and probably just want to do anything they can to hurt them. I mean, they would absolutely put them in concentration camps, just like oh, they did in God. 2016, like we said was going to They happen. would probably drag gays behind a truck, like that one case from Wyoming I heard of when I was a kid, where it actually turned out to be false. Yeah. You're talking but again, about that's, that's kind of how the media works. Is they, they, You tell a couple lies, and then you'd let people fill in the blanks with what feels really good and righteous to them. <laughs> Hey, kid, why don't you come and fill in these blanks? Um, (laughs) No, but, like, that's exactly it. And it's the weird thing because you would think that any Democrat consultant, any person with any education at all would say, guys, we have to back off of this. We are going to lose in November, and we are going to lose in 2024 if we keep sitting on this line because you're not just losing it with Republicans. You're losing this with every, every, everyone. Yeah. There are not regular voters that are like, no, I I think teachers should be able to hide whatever they're teaching to kids. And uh, parents should have no say in education at all. And I don't think that that's creepy, weird or gross. Yeah. See, this is something that's always been really strange to me is why can't they just let it go? You'd think that'd be the easiest thing, right? You, you do just... have you have a good theory on because I've been talking about this a lot, like the the suicide of the Democrat Party when it comes to education, and you have a pretty decent theory on why they decided to one lie about this bill and go all in when literally anybody can go read the seven pages of the bill that just says. Let's not teach sex to five to eight year olds. It's 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 that simple. And so you shared your theory right before we jumped on. So why is it you think the Democrats can't let this go? Hmm. It has to do with who gets the win. Yeah. So I think the big thing with with them is it's not about it's not about transgender kids. It's not about gender identity. It's not about any of those things. They simply see it in terms of enemy versus friend. They see it as, well, they have been told by the media, they've been told by all these progressive outlets, that if the right, the right wing wants to get a win here, and I think the perception is as simple as, if the right wing wants a thing, and they must be denied that thing because any win for the right is a loss for the progressive agenda. And that's really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, I want people to kind of understand uh, what, what is so prolific about that statement in a lot of ways, because let's be honest, we could have structured this entire show around. Well, and I mean, we're going to a little bit. Don't don't get me wrong. I want to have some fun about it. But we could have structured this entire show around just 
berating the idea of oh my god all these democrats they're all creepy they're gross they're groomers like oh it's so weird how could anyone vote for this yeah but i want i want people to recognize and i mean i want to also recognize out there how objective your statement just was you mm. that's an extremely judicious statement and it's an extremely objective statement and the reason why I want to point that out is it's something that you're not going to hear that often on a lot of other broadcasts because you will hear a lot of hosts and I'm not bashing on other hosts, but you'll hear a lot of hosts say like, I always research the other side's opinion. So I know what they're talking about. Okay. That there it's easy to read like MSNBC and see like, what's, what are they saying in their headlines guys? It's entirely different to go. Okay. But why would you think this way? And take a charitable interpretation that is the most likely for the non-activist group of people that are supporting something. Right. And the reason why I want to point that out is that is actually, you have to acknowledge that aspect of it to understand how to combat it in the every person. Right? Because we're not, are, are we ever going to win against the activist class? Not win, like, nationally. I mean, are we ever going to convince them that they're wrong? No. Not only are Probably they not. they're morally invested in progressivism, they're financially invested, almost guaranteed, in progressivism. They are a cult. Right. It's not about changing their minds. It's about how do we communicate to regular people to show them for the frauds that they are. Yeah. And that's a really good way to do it, which is... They live off of the idea of, I don't have to tell you anything about this. I have to tell you Republican bad. Right, right. And it's difficult because for your everyday regular liberal, who's a lot like you, who's a lot like I am as far as just being a regular person, except for, with one exception, conservatives listen to the news, read the news, by a large percentage more than your average Democrat voter. It has been regularly studied. It has been a normal thing for decades now. Conservatives are far more informed than liberals. Sure. So just understand that too. But your regular everyday Democrat voting American, how do you bring things like this up? And this is where the not Republican party, but this is where conservative commentators have been doing a very good job and regular people, you guys out there in the audience have been doing a very good job, which is just read the bill. Just read the bill. Can, can anyone please highlight the passage where it says, don't say gay. I'd really appreciate it. If you could do that, that has actually been a huge wake up moment. You guys may not see it. I've been seeing it from following, um, different, uh, uh, information like, information groups that study like disinformation misinformation how information spreads uh taking a look at it where there are so many people that are being woken up because they can they confronted somebody and they were like how dare you oh my god you're so mean and then somebody goes please read the bill and there has been a large amount of people that typically lean on the left that are like oh so that's why you're saying everybody in the Democrat Party's a groomer. It's like, yeah, yeah. Isn't this creepy? 
isn't it weird that that's the thing that they're upset about? And they're like, I, I didn't know that it was five to eight year olds. I don't really, I don't understand. Like, why are we arguing about whether teaching them sex is okay? Why, why is this an argument? And everybody yeah. else is going, I know. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But at the same time, the left is starting to bring up QAnon because they need to make everybody that stands against this a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Yeah. That's why. They are bringing it up. It's not a thing. It's never really been a thing. The media made a big deal out of it. And honestly, I think with hindsight being 2020, although to be fair, we said this totally while it was going on. I think that they're literally afraid of like, I don't like this group of people that's talking about how uh, Hollywood and the political elite are a bunch of pedophiles. Yeah. And I think uh, they get a little nervous about that. <laughs> yeah, like, Please stop looking under the hood. Don't you know the president's son like banged his underage niece? <laughs> <laughs> but real quick, uh, another thing I, I want to bring up because this is, this is the fun part. You remember let's say decades ago during the whole gay marriage debate, right? Um, when gay marriage was becoming a big thing and it was being debated about, uh, there were always these arguments, uh, about the slippery slope, right? Alan, right. Like it was consistent, consistently you, you, everybody on the right and, and conservatives, especially like religious conservatives were getting beaten over the head, by everybody in the media and uh, you know in the press and even in the political realms because they were like well what next is someone gonna marry their dog and people were like oh my god these hillbilly backwater religious bible thumpers they're so ridiculous the gays just want to be people too how ridiculous yeah i do remember a lot of that and i remember at the time thinking like this is all very disingenuous Right. Fast forward, and we have Drag Queen Story Hour. So, um, well, you have Drag Queen Story Hour. You have Nickelodeon, the kids' TV cart network, promoting the Trans Visibility Day. Hooray! Oh, Trans Visibility. You have, you have Disney, the giant conglomeration that makes tons of these cartoons for kids explicitly. You have them supporting or going out of their way to try and support the idea that we're teaching kids about weird sex stuff in classrooms. It it's, it's hard not to, it's one of those that I always think it's like, if you didn't want me to be a crazed conspiracy theorist, you're doing a very bad job of it. <laughs> well, part of what was also talked about was people would say like the gay agenda. And there was always this yeah. like, there is no gay agenda and everybody on the right's like, but, but there is though. Like, but what about that gay agenda though? <laughs> And it's funny because everything being turned on its head in recent years with progressivism. Let's listen to uh, this is Latoya Ravenu. She's an executive producer at Disney who gave who talked during um, Disney's all hands meeting that they had uh, where she talks about how great it is for her to put her queer agenda in Disney movies. Uh, here's the audio. Like, I love Disney's content. I grew up watching, you know, all of the classics. They have been a huge, like, informative part of my life. But at the same time, like, 
I worked at small studios most of my career and I'd heard, you know, you hear whispers. Like I'd, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little like sus when I started. And, but then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA, um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my, like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must've happened in the last, like, like they are turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of, I don't have to be afraid to like, let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like, the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of them. But like, I, I just was like, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. So she's celebrating. She said flat out, like my not at all secret queer agenda. And I, you know, I would, Everywhere I would try to put it everywhere. I would try to put it in every single thing. I would I would try to put it just all over the place, and like no no one was was stopping me. Um, you know, let let's have these two characters kiss. Let's make these two things. This is and, and let let me explain. What she's excited about is that literally nobody will push back over her, and she's giggling about it. This is fun. Over her being like, I want to put as much queer stuff into Disney cartoons as possible. Now, let's talk about the psychology of this a little bit. Like, to Alan's initial point, friend good, enemy bad. Mm -hmm. There is so much of what is going on with <clears throat> this LGBTQ stuff, um, with a lot of, with education, and things like that, there is, and I don't, I don't think I'm saying anything surprising to our audience, but there is a fantasy that progressive activists have about doing things that they believe piss off conservatives, piss off their political rivals. That, to them, it's almost a fetish. They daydream. And correct me if you think I'm being too hyperbolic, Alan, but they daydream about the idea of the not truly non-existent, but almost Amish super religious family sitting there at the dinner table with their Bibles in front of them and their kid coming down with like blue streaks in her hair and saying, mommy, I'm pansexual and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're a bigot. And the parents sobbing hysterically and teachers get a grin on their face and progressive producers at Disney get a grin on their face and think I did that. I'm not going to lie. If, if, it would not surprise me if there was some truth to that. That they, they're so emboldened by what they see as taking revenge on their hated political enemies that the idea that they would twist people's children or would turn people's children away from them and cause heartbreak within families, I'm sure has to invite glee into their dark little hearts. Well, and we know we know that this is a thing because, uh, well, recently, it's been a thing. There's I could probably find a billion examples of it, but... 
let's just look at the whole uh, weirdness of the media constantly following Ted Cruz's daughter on TikTok and mm-hmm. Instagram. They love every time she says something that they think is, you know, which, by the way, newsflash, young girl doesn't agree with father. Yeah, it's creepy and weird. Like, that's not a, that's not news. Teenage girl disagrees with, uh, with kind of, with conservative father. Oh, oh, geez, stop the presses. This has never happened. It's not a trope in every movie. Um, <laughs> so, but like, like. Oh, Ted Cruz's uh, teenage daughter says that she's bi. All right, that's creepy, gross, and weird. But you're sa- this wouldn't be news with normal people. People all think that that's weird. But they, the reason why it's popular, one, the uh, journalist who writes about it thinks it's popular because, as, uh, as Colleen is pointing out, it's the liberal equivalent of own the libs, but, like, grosser yeah. and weirder. Um, they the person who writes the story and trolls a, an underage girl's TikTok, which is totally not gross and weird loves it because, ah, oh, Ted Cruz, that stodgy, like they have a caricature that of Ted Cruz. That son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. Well, queer and, and why do they hate Ted Cruz? Because Ted Cruz is popular on the right and they think Ted Cruz is therefore dangerous yep. to them. Like Ted Cruz emboldens the right wing. Therefore he must be stopped. Like, the point I'm making is none of this is actually news, but what it is is like copium to the progressive left. It will get clicks on progressive websites because there is a fetish for progressives to see stuff like that. They love the idea of kids breaking their parents' hearts because they've come up. Like, I love the idea of, like, if they could make... Ted Cruz's daughter, an atheist, they would pull out all the stops. People would donate money to that. If you could somehow create a GoFundMe that guaranteed to liberals that you were going to make Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz's daughter, a um, screaming liberal atheist that was trans, uh, Rachel Maddow's audience would donate $30 million. I... You know, I'm not entirely saying, I'm not going to say you're wrong there. <laughs> Which brings me to my they, next. Because they really feel that they are absolutely in the mindset of friend good, enemy bad. Yeah. Which brings me like, to my next idea. Uh, we're going to start a new business proposition. Where... <laughs> like, we're going to start a business proposition where we troll the left into thinking that we're going to turn Ted Cruz's daughter into a gay atheist. And uh, we're going to get them to give us millions of dollars to do it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I wish, right? Like, we would probably, you know what's funny? I, I make that joke, and there's, like, no reason why something, it would be so dumb and so satirical that, like, it goes on to GoFundMe, and nobody should take it serious, but a bunch of, like, dumb liberal people, like, give us money for it. And it should be a ha-ha moment, and somehow you and I would end up in federal prison. <laughs> well that is always the danger isn't it no like just because it's that like you know what i mean if somebody was like if somebody started a gofundme that was like i'm starting a gofundme to fund a rocket to shoot donald trump into the moon that person makes a few million dollars off of the you know yucks over it and everybody's like that's dumb and lame and stupid 
but people donate to it, right? Nothing yeah. happens. We do the other, the opposite version, and you and I will end up in federal prison somehow. <laughs> the Democrats will be like, well, technically, due to this obscure law that we just made up right now, you're going to jail for life. Yeah, technically, that was, we're going to classify that as terrorism and sedition, and <laughs> you're going to go to jail for life and be made an example of for everyone else. Yeah, we're actually, <laughs> and then you're going to have a Jussie Smollett moment where you're being let out of the courtroom screaming, I did not commit suicide. I am not suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're gonna kill me in prison but uh anyway so that was sorry that was the first thing that was a producer at disney but let's uh, let's take a look at another thing from that all hands meeting this is from uh disney's corporate president uh carrie burke talking mm-hmm. about uh basically the uh the, the queer agenda at disney <laughs> I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one trans- Okay, real real question, real quick. If you were the mother of two queer children, would you at least wonder why? Why they were queer? Like, yeah, she's going to go on and, and we'll play the audio, but one's transgender and the other's pansexual. There's only two. There's only two conclusions you can arrive at. Number one, this woman 100% absolutely knows that this is all just bullshit. It's kids saying dumb kid shit, and she knows that it's, it's honestly, it's meaningless. And she's like, they're going to become adults and probably just go on about their lives. Or two, there's absolutely no way you wouldn't sit there and go, okay, what am I doing that is causing my children to be like, a half of a half of a percent of society. There's something going on here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's something weird going on here that someone should probably be looking into. Like, you would probably be looking for power lines over your house or lead in your kiddie pool or something to explain how both of your kids became aberrations to, like, normal society. Yeah. Now, I know that might offend some people, but just... Let's be honest about the numbers here. That's statistically impossible for both of your kids to be different kinds of trans. Okay. Like, can we all agree on that before everybody starts screeching and saying like, you're saying lead in the water made gay kids. Well, what I'm saying is it's statistically impossible. This isn't true. So this woman has, there's no way this woman isn't thinking like I'm doing something that caused this. Maybe she's okay with that, but that also let's be honest. I don't believe that either. I don't think any regular mother would be like, both of my kids identify this way. I'm totally comfortable with that. You might tell people that, but you're really not. You're thinking something's up. Oh, for sure you would be. You have to be. Or she's lying, which is honestly probably the most likely. I mean, the the idea is she's so brainwashed that she's thinks it's a blessing like oh my gosh my instagram is gonna be so popular now that i have two queer kids i'm gonna get so many likes (laughs) i would it surprise you if that was part of the part of it like i'm pretty sure with a lot of the trans kids they're kind of just like pets for their parents (laughs) (laughs) but seriously i mean really like is, is that is that too wrong of a take? Because I think a lot of it is trans trans kids are used to basically make the parents more popular in liberal circles. Yeah, it's like it's like the new dog photo, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, come here, Timmy. Oh, I'm sorry, Tanya? Tanya, come here. Why, why don't you twerk on camera so, so we can get more likes? As, as ridiculous as it is, I'm not sure that that's, that's too far off. Grab the bowl of glitter, damn it. We're going to do one yeah. of those boomerang videos where it shows the glitter going back and forth into your hand and out. Ugh. Don't you want to celebrate who you are? Like, yeah, Dad, I just identity. want to go play Fortnite. Shut up! <laughs> have pride. Yeah. Anyway, I just don't understand why you don't have pride in yourself. Yeah, I just... You just need to celebrate yourself. I just want to go play outside. In a dress, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it would look really good if we could videotape you running outside in a dress. It'd look even better if we could get somebody upset about it. Um, yeah, let, let's uh, let's go on with uh, that exact person I just impersonated who happens to be an executive at Disney. Here we well. go. Transgender child. Um um, and one pansexual child, um, and and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them. Um, to all of us, we, we, had a, we had an open forum last week at 20th where um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I, and I, and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories and 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 yet we don't have enough leads. Um, and- All right. So she has supposedly two two queer kids, as she says. Then she supposedly has, uh, you know, the the big problem that they have is there's not enough queer leads. Oh. And it's like this is what happens when your companies are all kept in California and on the coast. Yeah. It's gotta be. So it's just, it's insane. That's again. It's so it's hard for me to really think people truly believe this. Like that's what I, and maybe it's just cope on my part. Shoot. It just seems all, just too ridiculous that people would support these sort of things openly and honestly. Yeah. It, it's weird. We, we are at the point now where it's weird. All of this is weird. There is so much obsession with the idea of having to indoctrinate children and being obsessed with um yeah being absolutely obsessed with this like no we we have to put well there's no real sex in disney movies so how do you show a disney character as being queer you would have to rely on just stereotypes 
Okay, or so, yeah. you would have to add. A, I mean, they've talked about adding a bunch of like, oh, there's going to be a gay kiss between these characters. But so interesting you bring that up because a couple of years ago, we we would get flack and other conservatives would get flack all the time for bringing it up and saying this kind of stuff is decided in boardrooms. This isn't natural storytelling. And liberals would get upset and be like, oh, you're just mad because it's a gay character and you hate the gays. And we're like, nope, we're mad because this is unnatural. This is being forced by boards. Somebody didn't write a story that happened to have a gay character. A board of directors sat down and said, and said, well, we need to have gay. Somebody has to be gay in this. Why? Well, like, which one of these characters can we make gay? Yeah, which which one can, I mean, they do it with, they've been doing it with a lot of other things. Like, which can one can we turn into the black character? Yeah. Like, it, I mean, you see, we, we're all familiar with that happening. It's like, this is a period drama about 15th century England. Okay, well, we need at least two of these characters to be black because, I mean, come on. Where's that? We need the Hispanic representation in this period drama about Victorian England. <laughs> They're already doing that. And so I'm sure it's the same people being like, okay, now let's see. We have the box checked for black character in the Viking movie. We now need a gay and a tranny to check those boxes in the Viking movie because then we'll have covered all of our demographic bases. Yeah. Please. Like, I'm sure it's stuff. It's like, well, as you know, according to internal Disney policy, all. All uh, movie assets must include one representative from every one of the diversity boxes that somehow that gets written into the movie, and then a bunch of writers sitting there, like put their head in their hands and weep. Go, okay, I guess, uh, I guess we'll have the Samoan Islander be like a Arab trader in the movie about the Crusades. Is that going to work? Will people buy that? Screw it. Just, just, just write it. Just send it. Yeah, just write it. I don't. I don't. Uh, just write it. I don't want everyone to think I'm a bigot. Yeah, like, do we need a gay character in this movie? It's about anthropomorphic vegetables. Well, yes, you do. Like, the answer okay. is yes, and I would highly recommend it be the eggplant. Like, oh. <laughs> and I'm tell. I'm. I'm telling you. It is only a matter of time. Hollywood is going to make Jesus gay. It is going to happen. That that is that is the wow. route we are going on, and it is. And I'm not talking about some obscure independent film that probably already exists. I mean, you are going to see some large production where they are going to try to make Jesus gay to own the cons. I'm sure. I'm and, sure that's coming if it's not already here. Yeah, they'll spend millions on it. They will spend like Hollywood. The the reality is, is that the Democrat Party and the progressives broke because they thought they had 2016 in the bag. Yeah. And then Donald Trump won and they are, they don't know what to do with themselves. And so to them, that failure and that loss shattered so much of how they viewed the world in thinking that they were on top, that they were in control, um, and that that everything was going to be this progressive utopia of bug eating and living in pods, um, that when 2016 happened, 
they basically were like, well, we've had this fire cooking for a while of all this communist nonsense that we've been pushing. We need to pour all the gas on it right now or we're all going to die or, you know, or like the progressive dream is over. Yeah. That dream will die with us and we'll be the last de- we'll be the last generation to know what truth and equality looked like. We're the last bastion of democracy. Ugh. If democracy is wanting to teach sex to five to eight year olds, probably I'm gonna have to say I'm not pro democracy. Which yeah, is another I reason agree. why the Democrat Party needs to stop conflating their entire agenda with democracy itself. Because that's exactly how you literally get rid of democracy. Everyone's like, well, I don't want to be a democracy if it means that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? So, so wait, my kid has to be queer? And like, I mean, if you really stand for democracy. Okay, I, I you know what? Um, what if I didn't for democracy? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with whatever equals you not grooming my kid, you weirdo. Well, there is some of that for sure. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm having a wonderful um, time looking at uh, lo- looking looking through Twitter because we're gonna. There's no segue here. We're just jumping right into another story. Um, <clears throat> there was something that shocked and surprised me. And then everybody in the media decided that they were just going to pretend like what happened didn't just happen before my very eyes. And that was, um, I saw the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense giving an award to the guy who purportedly said, Russian warship, go fuck yourself at Snake Island. And I was very confused. And I asked a lot of people, wait, I thought they all died. Yeah, it was supposedly it was when it was initially reported weeks ago, it was reported as here's this video and all you see is this grainy video of this island. And then the audio is overlaid on top, which is like, this is a Russian warship asking you to surrender. And it's all subtitled. And the Russian warship, go fuck yourself. And then it was reported as and then the Russian warship bombed the island and killed everyone. And they're such heroes. Yeah. I remember that. That happened. Like that. Yeah, that was and I remember. That way. And then it was something like three days later. Basically, it was like here's a video from the Russian Ministry of Defense showing all of the soldiers that were taken prisoner on Snake Island being escorted off a Russian warship in Sevastopol or something. Right, but that was called like, propaganda. Oh, so they they weren't killed. Well, they just. They just were fine. I and they didn't even blow up the buildings on the island. Oh. Well, what I heard. So that uh, we both saw that, right? What yeah. I heard was, no, 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 no. That's Russian propaganda. Uh, all of those people are dead. And the reason why Russia's lying about it is because it would be a war crime. Oh. See, this this was part of a part of the fun discussion that Alan and I had last night during the show prep call was like him and I will we follow accounts that will put out things and and put out actual news stories. The problem is is that I have to always go back and go well wait but what did the media say? Cuz I know 
what is most likely what's true using uh, Occam's razor, all of this other stuff, I can sit there and say, okay, well, Snake Island wasn't actually like bombarded, but the news never corrected it. They said, like, yeah. I saw like actual journalists. I saw um, large social media accounts that were like, you know, because people would put that in and say, well, Russia said that they captured all the people and here's pictures of it. And they go, well, that's Russian propaganda. Russia lies all the time. Everybody at Snake Island died. They're all heroes. Oh my God, you love Putin. Am I wrong? Uh, pretty much. Oh, and, and we've been saying that with everything. Remember the ghost of Kiev? Yep. And all these other things. It's like anyone who, if you gave a, if you give an alternate explanation for these things, like, well, the ghost of Kiev wasn't real. That video of the guy, like, carting away the tank with the tractor. Like, oh, the, the, you, the brave Ukrainian farmer stole a Russian tank. Or the Russians asked a friendly farmer to help them move a tank that hit a landmine. Yeah. If you said any of that and gave people a what was a what were incredibly reasonable answers to what we've been seeing on the ground in Ukraine, anything that goes against the narrative was declared. That's just Russian propaganda. Why do you hate the Ukrainians? And it's very sad because it's really hard to it's hard to come up with anything that can that's real, that's true and honest about all these things when. When the well is so poisoned that anything that is outside the, oh, what would you even say? Anything that's outside the the assumptions of a lot of people is considered misinformation and disinformation. Like they've been, their minds have been so warped by media, media coverage that it just, uh, it's hard to hold a conversation with them about anything because they're so wrong. They're so almost aggressive, egregiously wrong about these things. Well, and what's incredible is I have seen focusing on conservative accounts, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, there. Well, not unfortunately. Like there is a direct line that I can draw to conservative accounts that bought into COVID nonsense, and conservative accounts that buy into every single propaganda thing that we see pushed out by the mainstream media when it comes to Ukraine. There is, sure. If there is a Venn diagram, they would be over top of each other. The same people that were like, COVID's real and anyone saying it's not, oh my God, like disinformation, oh geez. And it's weird because we're talking about people who say that they're conservatives. And I'm not saying never Trumpers necessarily. Like those people I can easily discount. Those are just Democrats that are pretending, right? Sure. These are people that are, are still considered conservatives. It is the weirdest and most wild thing. And there's a couple of accounts that I follow just to like keep a pulse on this weirdness because this is what drives me nuts. Here's another story. And let me preface this. Supposedly there is video from Ukraine of people driving through. I believe it's pronounced Buka near yeah. Kiev. And there are pictures are a video of bodies in the streets and the claim oh, is, is that Russians went through and just shot all of these civilians and executed them. Oh, because they were the, the because as the news is telling us, the Russians are in full retreat. The plucky Ukrainian resistance won. Hooray. Putin's pulling the entire red army back from Ukraine. Cause Zelensky is such a hero. He put on the infinity gauntlet and challenged Putin to a duel. And is there, they're now headlong fleeing back to mother Russia. When the reality is, is there are giant, and we've seen the video of it, so let's make sense of it with our own eyes. There are 
enormous columns of Russian tanks, equipment, trucks, pulling move, pulling back out of areas of the Ukraine that were under Russian control, like the area around Kiev. And they are reestablishing a defensive perimeter in areas out uh, that are back from what was the, originally the front line. Now, why would the Russians do this? Well, they say they've accomplished their objectives of obliterating the Ukrainian military and pushing Ukraine into peace talks, which peace talks are going on. The Ukrainian military has been obliterated. And they're and just logically, if the Russians are feel safe to move vast quantities of men and material in giant unprotected uh, giant convoys in daylight, it means that the military situation is so much in their favor that they are comfortable doing that. The Ukrainians have to do night attacks with small scale units because of Russian air coverage, because of the Russian units have established such a cohesive front in these areas. And now they are having a orderly withdrawal back to positions of strength so that away from the capital and away from some of these areas, because that is contingent of the on the negotiations that are currently taking place. Mm hmm. So let's start there. That's a lie that the media is telling us. Okay. Well, what else? What else is going on? So then you look at all these, oh, poor these civilians are dead in the streets. I don't know about you, but I think I, rem I don't necessarily remember Sun Tzu saying, when you're on the cusp of winning and you have pushed the enemy into negotiations, start executing civilians to destroy any chance of a settlement. Right. It doesn't make any sense, it's especially then when you look at the video. And again, we have it all on video. That so e makes it so easy. Basically, we just look at it and go, well, I mean, the uh, a lot of the civilians here are look like they died in mortar attacks because there's a bunch of the video I've seen shows a bunch of civilians lying scattered across a road, and there's a bunch of mortar impact craters everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well. Either the Russians or the Ukrainians were firing mortars at this area, and that looks like it what, what killed a lot of these people. It was, uh, it was an artillery attack. Well, then the video gets even more interesting when you look and see a lot of the civilians are wearing a white armband, which has, is used in Russian-occupied areas by civilians to signal that I am a non-combatant. So what we're left with is the a reasonable assumption that this area was full of Russian civilians or was full of civilians that were friendly with Russia. And then when the Ukrainians were launching their counteroffensive, shelled this town, killing a bunch of these civilians. And then, the, and now they're trying to blame, blame it on the Russians. Perhaps. 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 It, it, it could be any of these things. It could be that they're not even dead at all because let's be honest. Yeah. I've watched Ukraine lie. Yeah. They've lied. They lied about Snake Island. They lied about the ghost of Kiev. It's hard to take them at face value on any of this. Yeah. So forgive me if I question it. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is like there's uh, there's a um, there's a writer that I follow. And this this is how this is how it's brought up. This is it's showing some of it. And it, of course, they take the most um 
unjudicious claim. When I first saw this being questioned, there were people who were saying, hey, like, look at this video. Here's some of the interesting stuff. By the way, anybody who says it looks like a hand moved, the hand doesn't move. It's a raindrop on the wind windshield. Like, I, you know, we looked closely at it. So I haven't seen credible accounts that are questioning these videos uh, say that it looks like somebody moved. You're always going to get those statements though and that's okay but what's happening now is all the pro like will fight to every last ukrainian accounts here in the states um are taking the few accounts that say it looks like a hand moved and go look at how crazy these people are but to be fair these could 100 percent not be dead people uh because i've also seen similar accounts get fooled by a climate um what was it? It was a climate protest where people laid on the ground and covered themselves in tarps. And uh, it was being shared by Ukrainian accounts saying, here's all the Russian, like, here's the dead bodies of Russian troops. And then you see a guy move. Uh. Because it was a climate protest from like that. Sorry. The long story short, I have seen all of these like accounts that are going to, I'm going to read what they say. I've seen all of these people share actual fake videos and people correct them and say, this is from 2017. This is from a video game and them just delete it and never correct the record. So one of these accounts is saying, so Russian government accounts are already spreading lies slash conspiracies claiming Buko was staged or fake as they did with Mar with the Maripol maternity hospital. The hand that they claim move is clearly a water droplet on the windshield. The corpse doesn't sit up. There are currently CNN, BBC, AFP, etc. reporters all witnessing the dead bodies, all witnessing mass graves. No amount of conspiracy theories can deny the reality that it's rather revealing as to who is trying to cover these horrendous crimes. Yeah, but we live in a post-truth world, so... I, I, the sad part is this is exactly what I would say if I was trying to essentially manipulate events in my favor. It, it's more interesting to me. So whether or not this is real, I don't know. But the idea of like Russian government accounts are pointing out, blah, blah, this is, by the way, this is a conservative writer. It's A.G. Hamilton on Twitter. He's a conservative okay. writer. He has a sub stack that people subscribe to. 99% of his con content is, I'm a media analyst that points out the lies of the mainstream media. And this is what infuriates me so much about all this coverage. This guy's entire career is pointing out the lies of the mainstream media. Well, but CNN says it's true. CNN, the network that you say lies all the time. Yeah. It's very logically inconsistent, yeah. like logically inconsistent to an infuriating degree. And so, and for those of you that fo that follow Wrong Think Radio on Twitter, you'll see the regular, like the the standard comment of the media lies all the time, just not this time. Yeah. And that's the thing is, all I'm saying about this is, don't get upset with me if I say I I'm I'm gonna have to wait because um this has been a lie all the time. Yeah. Like, they lie about this all the time. So, going to sit this out because, of course, the entire West wants Russia to be responsible for a bunch of war crimes. Because, like yeah. I've said, by the way, I, I'm not... And, 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 and honestly, that's why I can't believe any of it. Yeah. Is 
I know how much people are, how much people would in would want to believe this. Therefore, I have to be very skeptical when I see it because the confirmation bias could be ex- very extreme. Well, Joe Biden is absolutely invested in Russia not being able to get in influence in Ukraine because they're going to see all of his political corruption if they do. Yeah. That is why so many people in the West, because like I said, a lot of this could have nothing to do with Ukraine. Ukraine may not be involved in any of this. A lot of this could just be Western media, but I want people to understand this is why I regularly say all of these people will fight to every last Ukrainian to protect Joe Biden's corruption. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what war is. And that's what you people need to understand. Because I'm actually horrified at how quickly I saw Americans basically get excited over the idea of other people having a war in their country and then wanting it to go on forever. When they started talking about peace negotiations... There were a bunch of Western media figures, regular people that were like, don't negotiate with a killer like Putin. You're literally saying, no, have more of your civilians sit there being shelled every night because I want to watch a war because yeah, I think be, no, because Trump. I want to stick it to Putin. Yeah, because Putin and Trump are the same person. And this is like me. This is like me watching a war against Trump. Yeah. 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 And that's, I think, really what, at the end of the day, they don't hate Putin. They hate you. And Putin is simply the same Trump supporter. It's, 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 it's the same people all around for them. It's yeah. the same, you know, the, the vile, evil Trump supporters. It's the, it's the same boogeyman, but just in a different country. Yeah. And, and of course, these people are that gross. Yeah. Dude, absolutely. I will fight to every last Ukrainian to be able to keep their flag in my profile picture. Don't take this away from me. Pretty much, right? So, uh, in other news, uh, do you remember that the um, there was going to be an entire investigation because the United States military... By the way, this was wonderful. Uh, it was a great couple of months to listen to the Biden administration... Uh, not only watching them completely and totally fail in Afghanistan um, and take everything away from anyone who served there, um, but at the same time, also listen to that same government say, you're an extremist and we are going to ferret you out of the military. I do remember that. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, like, and, and this was all, you know, during, like, going into the election when they decided to militarize the Capitol. You know, like democracies, free democracies regularly do. Um, perfectly normal elections in the middle of the night and then the military surrounding the Capitol. My God, it's like we live in Russia. Um, <laughs> but it's different because Democrats, everyone. Um, in fact, they can shoot people at Fox News for treason because Democrats. Uh, they have democracy in the name. Oh, well, if it's in the name, then I'm sure it's nothing but good. Yeah, it's a, like you have to agree with me or I can shoot you in the face. But Democrat democracy is in the name, so it's OK. Um, 
point is that uh, uh, they started saying that the military was full of extremists. I remember that as a veteran. Um, it was a very prolific situation because they deployed all these National Guardsmen to the Capitol uh, because Joe Biden needed a militarized inauguration for his totally legitimate electoral win because that's exactly how uh, people who win legitimately act. Um, and then the next thing I know, it's, oh, well, we're investigating all of these military members because we're worried about extremists. Oh. Because well, of all the, bad. you know, because the, this certainly wasn't an entire operation to try to make, uh, basically, uh, to try to make it sound like the right wing, really the right wing is the terrorists. Um, and we need to, uh, we need to start taking real close eye on them. In fact, if you voted for Donald Trump, you should probably be sent to jail for treason. That certainly was not the intent here. Um, well, the investigation came back because apparently it actually did happen. And, uh, they were able to find an entire zero extremists in the military. Really? Wow. How about that? Like, it's, it's because we got rid of all the good ones with, uh, requiring them to take a vaccine. No, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's necessarily a bad take. Not all of them have been booted out. Like there are still some, well, I, I don't know how quickly some commands, but I know a lot of people um, that are still holding out. So I know that there hasn't been a huge clean sweep yet. But what I will say is this was bullshit the entire time. We knew it was bullshit the entire time. And a an investigation whose entire job it was, was to find any example of it, which would have been super easy because you knew that they wanted you to find it, still couldn't fucking find it. Yeah, still couldn't find all those extremists in the military. It's it's almost as if the FBI lied when they said that white supremacists were the biggest terror threat. Oh, yeah, but the FBI huh. would never lie. Oh, huh. I'm so glad you brought up the FBI, though. Um, yeah? Because they've been having a day. Um, we've been covering Whoa. the FBI and the hilarity of them just having a day. Uh, <laughs> so, um, the assistant, what, what, what is it? He's the associate director of cyber, okay. uh, was very upset because he was questioned about Hunter Biden's laptop and, uh, his response, um, was to respond angrily and say, I'm not here to talk about that. I want to talk about this, you know, to Congress. Cause that's normal. Yeah. Let me find huh. the uh, uh let, let let me find the actual news story real quick. Um they he was questioned about the whereabouts of Hunter Biden's laptop and here's the response he gets. This is Matt Gates uh asking about the laptop. Here you go. So where is it? The laptop. Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. I'm here to talk about the FBI cyber program. You are the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Yeah. So he asked, where is the laptop? And the response was 
sir, I'm not here to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. I'm here to talk about uh, the FBI's cyber program. Uh, nope. And I have to hand it to Matt Gates. We'll, we'll go on with more of the audio, but I have to hand it to him. He's like, you're the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where the laptop is. Where is it? Yeah, Sorry, I think I that's, a, that answer. that's a very that fair thing to ask. To is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir, the FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18 or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right, using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. The FBI has no idea where the laptop is. And as as you guys just heard, Matt Gates says, I have the receipt here that shows that this laptop was dropped off at Max Computer Repair Shop three years ago, and it was handed over to the FBI. And you, the assistant director of FBI Cyber, is telling me you don't know where this laptop is. That's and he wild. said, yes, that's an accurate statement. Huh. They got rid of it. How baffling. I guarantee to you they got rid of it. This is one of those things that you just wonder, like, how is this possible? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, it. of course it's possible. And the reason why it's possible is because at the time when all of this was coming out, the FBI knew that the Trump administration was putting a magnifying glass over their activities. Think about all of the stuff we saw with the FBI. You had Jim Comey, who was corrupt as hell, who was abusing the FBI, spying on political candidates. They all thought that um, they they all thought that Hillary Clinton was you know going to win and. They were going to keep going about their lives within status quo land or what the hell ever. And then Trump won and there was a big oh shit moment because they literally weaponized their agency against him and they were certain he wasn't going to win. And then he did. Mm -hmm. And so then for the next four years, they continued their corruption and their lying to the point where Robert Mueller, a former FBI director gets appointed as a special prosecutor, spends years bullshitting this narrative to the country. So you have Jim Comey, FBI director, who had a conversation in the White House where he was encouraged by Obama to spy on Trump. Then you have Robert Mueller, a former FBI director, who goes out and continues this bullshit narrative. You find out that Peter Strzok, an FBI agent, was part of setting up all of this spying on a political campaign on behalf of the Hillary Clinton campaign. You find out that Michael Sussman, an FBI counsel, like a lawyer at the FBI, lied. 
He won 100%. He's been charged with it. He lied on evidence to try and get a warrant. And then they've lied on FISA accounts. The FBI was up a river of shit because all of their corruption was coming out. All of it was being investigated. Doors were being opened. Not fast enough. I totally understand. But their corruption was being put out in front of the public face. So, of course, when the FBI gets a laptop of Joe Biden's son where he's doing drugs, he's having sex, he's having sex with God and everybody to include the potential of children. And there's a bunch of emails where he's like, I'm selling daddy's influence all over the world. 10% for the big guy. They went Burn it, burn it with fire, melt it with acid. Good God, Trump can't win or there will no longer be an FBI because we're corrupt. That's exactly why that happened. Jim Comey, all of these assistant directors, all these higher ups in the FBI, what what they were keeping themselves out of by making sure Trump didn't get elected was the gallows. Hmm. That is what you were seeing. You were seeing a group of people that are looking at the gallows being built in Main Street and saying, what do I need to do to keep my neck out of that noose? Yeah, that's a good point. Because let, let's be honest, and I don't mean that as hyperbole. These people in the FBI have committed actual treason. Some grandma from Wisconsin wandering through the Capitol isn't treason. Treason is when a group that is supposed to be the law enforcement investigative body of the federal government that was spying on political campaigns. That is treason because you are being treasonous against the American people and their ability to make their own decisions based on actual true evidence, not the lies that you made up, not the lies that you paid for and not the lies and things that you cover up. The 50 intelligence officials lied to us about Hunter Biden's laptop. 50 intelligence officials lied to the American people right before an election that influenced how they voted. That is what treason is. And don't give me this. Well, actually, it says that there has to be violent intent. Go fuck yourself. They committed treason. If your vote doesn't matter enough to you that when you're lied to and you see American voters get lied to to the point where they don't know what they're voting for. And if you're not willing to call that treason, then I think we need to change the definition. Yeah. Sorry. I get heated. No, no, I think that's nothing to be sorry for. That's a very uh, astute point to make. I constantly have people who go, well, technically treason means that it has, they're charging grandmas with treason, dude. Get with the program. Yeah, and I think that's the that's kind of the the thing that I I like like to bring up. It's just come on. This is this is ridiculous and we all know it. But to uh to a point that was made in the chat, yes, there are several copies of the hard drive, one of which Matt Gates submitted in a in an official letter to Jerry Nadler, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, for the judiciary for the judiciary committee to investigate so what that means does that mean that jerry nadler the penguin himself does that mean he's going to investigate it absolutely not what it does mean though is there is now a public congressional record of the contents of that hard drive because it has to it has to be inventoried Mm -hmm. and 
There has to be a chain of custody. It cannot be destroyed. Yeah. Now, could the Democrats destroy it and try to get away with it? 100%. Are there other copies of the hard drive? Yeah. There's probably thousands of them buried in different points and not everybody has every coordinate. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't mean to be, um, I don't mean to be, uh, uh, a downer, but I'm asking you an honest question, Alan. Do you think this laptop will have any effect on the Joe Biden presidency? It's so hard to know. What do you think, um, what do you think would make it have an effect on the Biden presidency? What do you, what, what would have to happen uh, for us to see Joe Biden resign because of uh, revealed corruption or uh, at a minimum, all of the liberals go like, okay, well, his son was a diddler, like gross person that was trying to peddle influence. I... I think it would have to be something really kind of ridiculous, like that would come out of the laptop. I mean, more ridiculous than we already have is kind of <laughs> getting to be, well, it's a little bit almost day late and a dollar short on some of that. Horrors beyond my recognition? What? Yeah, but I, it's it's hard to know what it really could be that would make an impact at this point. Because it's almost like, do you know? If you either you know or you don't know, and it's kind of, I guess it's it's just if it's one of those that's always been baffling that it's that we even have to have a fight about this. Do you do you think if Republicans win in twenty twenty two? Well, it's twenty twenty two now in November. Do you think if yeah. Republicans win and they take the House and Senate, do you think that they will? push on this laptop but not just push on it have success because remember hillary clinton had a secret server in her home they destroyed evidence by smashing it with a hammer and none of the and every single person involved got immunity yeah that's so we don't have a good track record (laughs) but yeah I i don't i don't know like that's that's why I say it's it's really hard to to judge on that. But we also didn't have some of these representatives. We didn't right. have Matt Gates, Laura Boebert, uh, uh, Paul Gasar. We didn't have um, we didn't have Trump's influence in the party. Somebody who said like, if we don't fight these people, they're going to bury us. Right. So, right. I mean, I I guess I'm sanguine about mm-hmm. any of these people doing anything positive yeah don't just um well i i guess this will this will be the best i think the best way to to sort of cover it do not take um do not buy the bullshit line that invariably the gop corporate goptm will use uh which is going to be if you vote for us and we win the house and the senate we're gonna totally like make sure this corruption gets taken care of that doesn't yeah. like like trust but verify like oh i'll vote for you but then every week that goes by that i'm not seeing somebody in handcuffs i'm going to scream about it 
Yeah. Because what you do, what, what they'll do is vote for me and I'll make sure that Hunter Biden goes to jail. Two weeks later, oh, they're going to come and take your guns, guys. Did you hear what this rando in California said? Isn't that spoopy? Yeah, right? Yeah, the response needs to be, um, until I know that there's not a two-tier justice system in my country, I don't care about anything you say. Mostly, yeah. Because that, that's that's what I care that's what I care about, certainly. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, like I I I care about the Second Amendment. But if Hunter Biden doesn't have to listen to the law, why should I? If they go ahead and say it's illegal for you to hold a for you to own a gun, be like, okay, I lost all of my guns in a fishing accident. Yeah, it's, that's that's the that's kind of the tough thing right now. Yeah, like at a certain point, it's like I, I when there's rampant corruption in the government, I can't act like the Constitution actually protects me. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the Democrats violate it all the time. Do you think I think the Second Amendment is go- do I do I think the Second Amendment is going to suddenly save me? No, the First Amendment didn't save a single grandma on January 6th. Why the fuck would I trust you to use the Second Amendment to help me? You're not going to, you pussy. Yeah. Like, I mean, no, no offense. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick. I like the Constitution. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. Would love to see our elected representatives sure. actually use it. They don't. Well, yeah. So as per the intent. <laughs> the goal is not to abide by the Constitution. The goal is to radically transform the country into something different. Yeah. And the GOP consistently is like, well, I know these people have a First Amendment, right? But I'm afraid of what they're going to say about me on CNN, and I'm not going to get invited to Martha's Vineyard this weekend. Well, shucks. Yeah. It's pretty shitty. <laughs> All right. Just a couple of other stories to cover real quick um, uh, before we wrap up the program. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, BlackRock CEO, uh, one of the, one of the largest investment firms in the world, uh, probably one of the richest men in the world. Um, you're all privileged because you're concerned about inflation. Yeah, that happened. A guy who runs a gigantic investment firm that priced regular people out of the housing market by buying homes for $70,000 above asking and created a giant uh, bubble within the housing market says that Americans are privileged and basically inferred or, or, or suggested that we're all being real whiny complaining about all this inflation. They hate us so much. The people in power deserve absolutely none of your... They deserve no respect. They deserve no compliance. They deserve no obedience, and they should be undermined at all at every turn. What's amazing? Because the government's allowing this too. The government is allowing BlackRock to intentionally destroy the housing market to become in this position. BlackRock is a favored loan partner of the Federal Reserve. They have more money than anything. It's like they are a giant predatory corporation that is embedded within the United States government to an absurd degree. And there's almost no way to dislodge them. Screw these people. They, they are the ones that have destroyed the American dream. Yeah. Well, and, and the amazing part about it. Um, let me let me real quick here. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. Black, Ro- Black Rock President Rob Capito warned that a, quote, very entitled generation of people 
would soon have to face shortages for the first time in their lives, as some goods grow scarce because of rising inflation. Quote, for the first time, this generation is not going is going to go into a store and not be able to get what they want, Capito said Tuesday at the Texas Independent Producers and Royalty Owners Association Conference, an annual oil and gas industry convention. Um, understand, this guy knows that this is a shit take. This yeah, guy... This guy has been causing... This guy has been causing these things. Well, no, no, 100%. But, but real quick, he knows that this is a shit take. He knows that this is going to be exceedingly unpopular. But it feeds into the Democrat narrative. So what I'm saying is this guy is debasing himself in public for the Biden administration. It is more important for this guy to say dumb shit like this that is obviously ridiculous to stay on the good side of Biden. I want people to understand who affects these people's decisions. Uh, Better take. It's not that he's trying to stay on the good side of Biden. It's to keep Biden and the Democrats on his good side. That, he that's, is that is a, a much better take. You are right. He BlackRock leverages more power than the Democrat Party. BlackRock owns the Democrat Party, and if they don't, they practically could. They have too much money, and they're too embedded in the U.S. financial system for anything else. What this was was a signal to the U.S. Democrat Party that the line they will take on this is not all of my constituents are totally upset at this completely avoidable supply shortage and food crisis. It's no. You will take the line of the CEO of BlackRock of anyone who is upset by this is an in is entitled because one of the Democrats, who else do they also call entitled entitled white people that think their country should be low crime entitled white people that think they shouldn't have to be forcibly vaccinated. They use entitled for any group that they want to demonize. And this is a signal to say anyone that is upset that complains about this supply shortage you will call entitled and we will manufacture them as the new anti-maskers, as the new anti-vaxxers, as the new Trump supporters, as the new Nazis. People that are upset about the supply chain shortage, they're going to take all of that hatred you've seen the media produce against people that didn't want to wear a mask or didn't want to be forcibly vaccinated. These were like the social pariah factor that they tried to force on people and they're going to copy paste that onto are you upset about the supply chain? Are you upset that the grocery store's out of food? You're entitled. And I'm just doing my part here, you know, eating rice and crickets. I'm doing my part because we're all in this together. And these entitled Trumpers think that we should just start, you know, using oil again to grow and, and, and growing more food and making the supply chain. They, they think that we should be a self-sufficient country. And that's just mean. No, 100%. The, um, no, and, and that's exactly it. And it is, it, it's, uh, I think that, well, to be honest, the mask is coming off on a lot of things. There's a lot of narratives unraveling. Number one, like, let's just look at the global government. You know, you talk about things like the United Nations, NATO, all of these groups. Like, what's going on in Ukraine makes it very obvious that those things are bullshit. Yeah. 
Those yeah, things, they, they've done nothing. Like, wow, uh, you guys couldn't, like, Russia's just rolling into a country. What's NATO for? And by the way, just for those who are keeping score, the West 100% was like, we're not going to do anything about this. Yeah. And now I know a lot of weapons. Yeah. I, I think it's a little pathetic that Zelensky's basically going around with his hat in hand to every country and being like, if you truly cared for democracy, you would give me more money. Um, I'm that's not heroic to me, but maybe I'm the wrong one here. But so that that's the global government. Now let's look at global finance. Uh, things going well financially with all these wonderful economists after they locked the country down for two years. And they tried to lie to you, by the way. Remember, Joe Biden created more jobs than any president in the first year of office. Which was complete bullshit. People were just going back to work after being locked down. Um, But also, the economy is crumbling. It is literally crumbling around you and the entire time you have the democrat party being like oh it's vladimir putin's fault we totally didn't start a war to cover this up yeah like anyway i love to see it that doesn't mean that i think it's awesome trust me i'm not a fan of the gas prices i see i'm not a fan of the inflation for the average american life is going to be at a minimum $450 more expensive. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. And it was all avoidable. It was avoidable the whole time. And people intentionally pushed forward on these ideas because they wanted this level of inflation. The insane part about it is it's one thing for you to say this was avoidable the entire time. It's completely different to say two years ago. This wasn't even a consideration because things were awesome. Wages were increasing more than cost of living. Yeah. You just suddenly had more money in your pocket because the economy was doing so much better. And there was one thing that changed everybody. And doesn't it look a whole hell of a lot like the Obama administration with gas prices, with the cost of goods? Doesn't it look real familiar to you? It's almost like, as Alan was just pointing out, this was the point the whole time. Yeah. And do you want to know why it's the point? The biggest threat to the progressive agenda is the existence of a middle class. The middle class is the natural bulwark against communist principles. You have to have a lower class and a higher class. There cannot be a stepping ladder between the two, which is the middle class. If you get rid of the middle class, you have your haves and your have-nots, and you turn the have-nots against them, and then you take ultimate power against all the idiots who supported your rise to um, your rise to power, and then you take all their rights away, and you say, you will own nothing, and you will be happy. Yep. That's it. Now... Final thought for the program. I can't help myself. I'm going to have to mention it. I had to hear all of these people talk about how traumatized because of something that they saw on television last Sunday. Traumatized. These are the same people who are cheering for a war in a third world country. These are the same people who watched cities get burned down 
and people get assaulted regularly on television because they were wearing a red hat. Same people traumatized because some millionaire actor slapped another millionaire actor. So if you ever want to know who the coastal liberals care about, they were more traumatized by Chris Rock getting slapped by Will Smith than your business getting burned to the ground by a mob they created. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? It's not yep. weird. All these people should... Well, I can't say. <laughs> They should all be given free uh, airfare to Canada, yeah. and then we build a wall, and they stay there with their poutine um, and their weird, gross lumberjack lesbians. Yeah. Yes. That, that's it. I, I just want all these people to be in no position to have anything that can affect my life or the lives of people I care about. That's what I want. I'd be happy with that. If that was uh, this all ended, that would be acceptable. Could we perhaps throw them all in a volcano? Well, no. Now, vengeance is the Lord's, not ours. So we're going to just avoid thinking that. We're not going to avoid we're thinking it. We're not going to think it. We're not going to say it. Could we're the... just going to just want them to be away from away from us, not able to impact anything that impacts our lives. That's really... That's the take. That's that's the only thing we're going to hope for. Like, for example, the Lord throws them into a volcano. Well, then, then, well, so be it. That that's, it happens. But, you know, can't, can't go, can't wish violence on other people. Just going to not wish it. I'm just going to hope that they, uh, I just want them away, not able to affect or hurt anybody I care about. That's all I'm going to say. I, uh, I hope. I hope it rains on their birthday. How about that? I hope it rains on their birthday. All right. Fire and brimstone. (laughs) All right. That's going to be it for us this week. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. Have a great week, everyone. (laughs) 